Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pot, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. And uh, we're a podcast that we talk about magic, casually. We, we casually talk about casual magic. Yeah. Uh, normally we talk about Commander this season, because season six, flavorfully, talking about 60 card, because uh, it's it's what we like as well. We we wanted to talk about well, so a lot of a lot of basics around uh, deck building in general, and certain uh, ideas that that carry over throughout most formats. But we're we're anchoring it in sixty card, uh, and trickling into commander because can't get away. So today we're getting even more into the weeds of. Well, what do what do how do how do what uh, yeah. how does it how does it get structured? How does sixty card get structured? You have twenty four lands ish, and that means you've got thirty six non lands. Right. Um. So where do we where do we start? I mean, well, way back, um, like the eighties. No, not that far back. Like early Magic time, like two thousand two. Maybe even a little late nineties. Oh, um, there was a uh, a handful <laughs> of articles that talked about uh, a deck building style, and the idea was that when you were building your sixty card, and this was the focus was on competitive play, so your sixty card standard deck or your sixty card legacy or whatever, whatever format that you were going to play. <laughs> the idea was that uh, you stopped looking at it as a as 60 cards because it's not really 60 cards right it's uh 62 well it could be (laughs) um the the idea Mm -hmm. that someone had come up with and i honestly i don't even know who it was um i'll take credit it was me it was the uh (laughs) it was the idea of uh pardon me it was the idea of nine by four okay now the idea is Nine times four is thirty-six. There are thirty-six cards in a deck normally that aren't lands. The idea was instead of looking to build your deck, and you're looking at thirty-six cards to put in your deck, in the in a format where you're allowed four copies of something, you're going to build the deck and you're going to maximize it at every opportunity. So you're going to choose the same card four times because you're allowed to. This just meant that. Why would you put multiple? Why would you put variations of a card mm-hmm. when you could just put four copies of it? So to maximize a deck, you would put four copies of every single card that you're going to put in it. With the theory being, it's going to be the best card. You're going to choose the best option of the options available. That you know, so that that block of four cards do the thing you want done in the best way of all the available cards. Mm-hmm. So it, was, it started out as sort of a deck maximization, but it also meant that deck building itself was going to be, um, it would just made it more straightforward. You weren't looking at 36 cards, you're looking at nine cards. Yeah. Because if you're going to choose, if you want a way to ramp your deck, then pick whatever you think the best ramp card is and put four copies in. Now... Does, is your deck going to be creature-centered, or is it focused around a combo? Because if it's focused around a combo, well, then you're going to take the pieces of your combina- of your combo, make, put four copies of each. 
And suddenly you've only got, and suddenly that makes it so much easier to build because you've only got nine slots. Mm -hmm. So you're looking for nine cards. So if your combo is two or three cards, <laughs> well, now you've got six cards left to to fill out your deck. That both relaxes me knowing that like oh well like that's easy choosing nine cards that's right. easy but that also gives me so much anxiety trying to narrow it down to nine cards right well see and this is where where we start to see variation with this idea so the idea of this this nine by four mm -hmm. then gets then gets ported over into casual play with this for the same reasoning um, I mean, we're talking pre-commander here, so it's just, okay, well, it's so much easier to build not having to find 36 cards if all you have to do is find nine. Just find nine and build your deck around that. And that was well and good, but it's casual play, and most casual players at that time who were running any sort of, six, any sort of casual deck probably didn't have four copies of the card mm. and honestly you're playing casually you're not really looking to max it out quite that hard yeah however the concept behind it made good sense because it, it forces it forced you to structure the way you built your deck and it allowed you to really align so for new deck builders like my like myself at the time it just made things so much easier mm -hmm. Suddenly I understood, well, you want to have some removal in your deck. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, now I just need, I'm going to, I'm going to allocate one of those nine slots to removal. Yeah. Great. Well, maybe I don't have four copies of one piece of removal, but I probably have four pieces of removal that could fit into that one slot of four. Right. So then I just put four different cards in there. Yeah, and you know, I'll ch try and choose the best, uh, best of what I've got, but you know, so in the end, you start building your decks, and it's like, okay, so what do I want my deck to do? Uh, I've got Prodigal Sorcerer. I've got something that can untap the Prodigal Sorcerer. Uh, I want to try and create a loop that's going to tap and untap him. So I find the cards <laughs> that are going to do that. Maybe it's three of them. Maybe there's four of them. So I put those in the deck, and try and find either four copies of, of whatever the card is mm -hmm. or find four copies of something that does that with the idea being that it's, my goal is to build this deck and get to the point where I can then loop the Prodigal Sorcerer so it'll tap for a point of damage and somehow get it untapped and tap it again and just repeat that until everybody's dead. It's so, quite the loop. <laughs> yeah, it would be quite the loop. Um, for those who don't know, yeah. because uh, it is an old card, Sure. Uh, Prodigal Sorcerer is two and a blue for a yes. one-two? Two and a blue for a one-one. A one-one that uh, says you can tap it to deal one damage to target, I think is the yeah. oracle text. It's yeah. just to, yeah. to any target. One damage to a target. So, uh, I mean, I'm just using this as, a, this as an example, honestly. It sounds like a terrible 60-card deck where if that's your, 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 your focus is to try and create a combo that can then infinitely go off and kill everybody. Sounds like a great combo. <laughs> it, it's there it's there it's more just we're just sort of uh to, to as an explanation of this whole nine by four right i think it's a i think it's a perfect example because uh you know you may not have four of the card prodigal sorcerer right um 
there was i mean it's you you won't find that card printed again because no. it's it's a, it's a red effect right uh but that said there's a red version uh prodigal pyromancer yes uh there's also uh i think two other cards in blue that do the same thing there are the same least, price there's you know there are many there are a handful uh and if you dig through any bulk bin at any lgs you'll find all of them uh and i i think i think that that is i i think that you know you may have stumbled into the perfect example because you may not find four prodigal sorcerers you can find four of the same effect yeah and that is the point um is because you're trying to find nine things that your deck can do put in four copies of that effect and now you have 36 cards um where efficiency comes in where you know optimization comes in is when the cards that you put into those slots reach into other groups Um, right you know you can have a card that does you know a modal card like Mm -hmm. i don't know why this is the first one that came to mind maybe because we've got blue on my mind cryptic command sure anything that has choose one or more uh it 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 does multiple things sometimes at the same time and you you slot it in as removal you can slot it in as counter you can slot it in as card draw um so it's great right in those in in that instance um well the benefit of that Mm -hmm. is that's sort of what takes you to the next step Mm -hmm. what you find when you're building a deck where you essentially have nine slots now i mean i've been describing each slot as one one card Mm -hmm. so like the prodigal sorcerer right but it's not really the prodigal sorcerer slot it's the tap to card card that taps to do one point of damage right that's what that that's what that slot's about now as soon as you get a card like cryptic command well suddenly that card can go in any of the four slots which adds way more flexibility to your deck Mm -hmm. we just talked about this last week or we just we I mean, we've talked about this before with Lance. I say last week. I just listened to the podcast last <laughs> week. Sorry, this is the difficulty of doing podcasts several weeks ahead. But um, when you've got a dual land, it fits into it fits into either either slot. Mm-hmm. Well, the same goes true. The same is true for a card like Cryptic Command and a lot of the other cards. And this is why so many of these other cards are so valuable in so many decks because you can put them in any one of those slots. Right. And in theory, depending on how you want to build, <clears throat> you can argue that one card fits or fills the space in each of those slots. Right. So then you only need three more other three other cards to fill in all of those slots. Or in theory, I guess, three more cryptic commands. And suddenly all six of, all three of those of those slots of twelve cards are now being solved by one slot of four, which means you now have eight extra card slots which if you're a casual player great i just got to add i just got eight more cards i get to throw <laughs> in the deck so um so you end up looking a lot you, you do look a, a lot for these cards that can do more than one thing right um, this is why like this is why in so many temples treasures we talk about charms or we talk about uh you know cards that can do you know that fill in more than one slot 
you know, nobody nobody wants a cre- nobody wants a four four creature for three mana that does nothing else. <laughs> okay, that you know that's that's a roadblock or that's something that can attack, but. You want more. You want an enter the battlefield trigger that's going to do something. You want a card that can... I mean, the strongest commanders out there right now are, are the ones that can do two or three different things. Yeah. And that's essentially what you're looking for. And you really start to understand why these kind of cards are broken or are so valuable in commander and in any casual format because they fill in multiple slots. And that's sort of, uh, you know, when when you look when you're looking at this nine by four style of deck building, that kind of card is super valuable. Oh, absolutely, and I think I think it is kind of like the next step beyond the the nine by four because I mean, obviously, you've got, you know, it, it, when when I started before I knew about things like Architect or uh, you know Moxfield. Mm-hmm. We, you, you kind of start building your decks in like spreadsheets. Yeah. Um, so you've got, you know, your lists of like, all right, like I've got these nine things that my deck can do. You put in the four copies of each card. Right. And then your next step is inevitably like, oh, like I don't need, you know, four goblin chain rollers. You know, it'd be great, but, you know, whatever. Maybe I don't have it, et cetera, right. et cetera. Basically, that slot is like, all right, big payoff for goblins or whatever um and you start to switch out certain copies and find cards that that like we're talking mm-hmm. about fill different slots um and then that makes space for other cards and that makes you know it makes your deck be able to either do more things or do those very specific things more often right um well with with nine with nine by four, mm-hmm. you only have nine. Essentially, the idea is you only have nine options. Right. So it's supposed to make deck building easier. It you know let's let's simplify things. Instead of finding thirty six, you're finding nine. Okay, great. What you quickly find is when you're building your casual deck and you want this card to work with this card to do this and make this thing, and you want these interactions. They take up most of your slots. Yeah. But you still want to have a way to ramp. You're still going to need removal. So those are dedicated slots. Well, suddenly now you just don't have room for everything you want in your deck because you're you're being forced to reduce it all down to 9. That's when you know, that's when you look at start looking at cards like well, take your pick, any card that does double duty because it opens up space to fit in the other cards that you really want to make work with your casual deck. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, too, because, uh, you know, we we brought up modal cards, but I yeah. think uh, what is an interesting, more interesting concept is things like, <clears throat> for instance, your Pure and Toothy deck. Yeah. Um, either of them in your 60-card yeah. deck uh, serves essentially three purposes. Uh, one, to find the other piece. Two... Right some sort of card draw or counter manipulation and then three it's a beater like yeah uh so all in all you've got i i I know that this isn't the case but eight slots dedicated to those three things already right um 
I think in actuality the deck has seven, but whatever. Uh, yeah. And it's it's interesting when you start to get uh, you know into the weeds with creatures specifically because I mean they always serve that last purpose of well you can attack Swing. with them yeah <laughs> um, and I think that uh, not to get too deep into it but uh, it, combat is 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 become secondary uh, to a lot of people in 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 casual play. Uh, you know, they want to just be left alone, do their thing, and voila, their deck is hard to deal with. But uh, I think I think finding those those special creatures um, that that do you know double duty, triple duty in this case um, is always fascinating, especially when you 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 add more copies and, and more copies um, into a sixty, and I. I uh, I'm I'm building a deck now for for Decktales uh, in a couple weeks mm-hmm. um, that uh, I'm I'm playing with with the mechanic of having right. having multiple legends uh, similar to your mm-hmm. Pure and Toothy deck where y- you're intentionally putting out multiple copies so that you can sack one of them and right. get a benefit uh, without needing to have a sack outlet without needing uh you know to rebuild after you lose uh the original right um and so it's 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 those interesting nuances where uh you you not only are playing double duty with whether it's actually legend or um i i still love the idea of having a, a prodigal sorcerer deck because i mean you start playing it people will be like oh uh they'll either take you out real fast because they know you're not doing anything or they'll let you be more likely uh until you know you've got a a uh a battlefield of one ones that just ping and then you know with that with that example you probably are looking for ways to give them death touch so you can start picking off you know your opponent's creatures mm-hmm. and then you build up to some sort of big payoff to to finish the game um well i will say with i mean i had a prodigal sorcerer deck right didn't everybody well uh and mine was green blue and mm. it was uh prodigal sorcerer and uh was it Rootwater Hunter and another kind of sorcerer and another kind? I believe there were 16 of them in the deck, along with three Seedborn Muse, because <laughs> why wouldn't you want to untap them every turn? Right. And the the level of redundancy in the deck basically meant that if I did get the Seedborn Muse out with at least two or three, I can't remember how many, of the of the sorcerer-type creatures, it made life absolutely miserable for opponents because you can do three points of damage to anything in any variation right uh it every turn yeah and then if you get more muses out it's a trigger right so yeah you can stack it so that you you do it before each resolves and then yeah so you yeah so you're taking out opponent's creatures whenever they even consider attacking you and it was uh 
it was fun it was fun for a little <laughs> while and then it just became kind of boring because everybody knew what the plan was and where I was going good job Bruce well and that was again that was that was four by nine right uh, that was just you know four it's just that five of those slots were dedicated to creature that does one point of damage as opposed to one slot right so uh, so the deck became a little redundant um, when you talk about this uh this nine by four option it's uh that's the whole point of the deck is to create the redundancy that allows your tech a deck to be um viable in the long term when you're building a, a 60 card casual deck you don't want your entire deck to revolve around a card and you only got one copy of it or even one copy of a or even one version of a card that does something that's essential to your deck Right. So, you know, I keep saying four copies of a card, but this is casual. You don't need four copies of propaganda if you've got a propaganda, a ghostly prison, uh, and oh, I'm trying to remember the name of the other cards that do the same thing. But right. essentially, that's what I'm talking about, is you want to be able to build some redundancy in so that if one of them is lost, you have another one that you can fall back on. Um, oh, absolutely. And so, I, yeah. yeah. And I think I think that kind of touches on the idea that, like, you know, we we talked about this in a previous episode where uh you know how many copies of mm -hmm. a thing in a deck do you want and i think four is the perfect place to start because it's you know your max sure um and if you if the effect that a card is giving you is important enough don't go with one right um and it, it's interesting too because i've heard it another way where you want generally speaking six copies of an effect um which is where i think this this overlap c comes right. in um because i mean four copies of a card is good mm -hmm. uh four copies of an effect is good right and if you want to be more consistent six copies whether it's you know three and three or four and two or right. you know it gives this ver this variety. It forces a variety, honestly, unless you can play more than four copies of a card. Um, I really find I re I like the nine by four, mm -hmm. if for no other reason than it's a very easy way to lay out for a newer player or someone newer to the format. Here, you know, here's a basic structure for you to start with, for you to follow. Um, Obviously, 9x4 really doesn't take into consideration, um, you know, if one of your four cards is a six mana card, has a has a mana value of six or more, you probably don't want four copies of that card, just because with four copies, the likelihood of it being in your opening hand is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't want four, you probably want three. But the 9x4 is... It's it, solid. It's, it's, it's solid, and it's a great way for new players... To understand that, you know, you must, you know, you need removal. Okay. I'm going to, but I have removal. I have two, two cards that do removal. I'm like, yes, out of 60. <laughs> but if you go with the nine by nine by four, it means one of those slots has to be removal and you can't skimp on it. And one of those slots has to be something and you can't skimp on that either because you want the consistency in your deck and it really pushes that for the new player who's like yeah but i've got two cards that do this and it's really good and i'm going to put those two cards and i'm like okay that's great but that's a start you have to have two more cards that back that up that 
can also fill the rest of that slot for the effect that you want. Um, um, yeah, and it's interesting too because like you, you've got the four copies, um, you know, four copies of nine cards. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, where where I get lost, <laughs> where I mean, I yeah. I always forget removal. I always forget utility right. I, artifacts. I do the same thing. I I, I see. You know, like oh, like these mm-hmm. six, nine, etc. Cards yeah. work really well together, and then you forget about uh, interaction. You forget about beyond your own battlefield, right? Um, and what gets me is like, okay, like I've got creature removal, great. What about artifact enchantment? Right. Um, the that's to me that's really where where this pays off. Because you're starting with nine slots. You don't have to name it after one card. You can just be like, okay, I have nine slots to fill. What are those things that I need to have in every deck? You're going to want some card draw, and it really doesn't matter what deck it is. Uh, unless you've got, you know, unless you've got Prodigal Sorcerer, and that's the card you want, and you've got 12 versions of it, you're going to want card draw to find some of the stuff you're in there. So that becomes an automatic block that's one of your set of four well now it means you understand that you can't use up that slot for anything other than deck building or anything other than card draw sorry so it just makes sense and then that way when you find a card that is card draw you can put it in that slot but if you don't you have to dedicate those slots to some kind of card draw and you can't just let that go by and i feel like that kind of a structure is great for for new deck builders yeah where where i think one of the biggest issues i have is sticking to it like uh, yeah like like oh like i'll give up this card draw for this removal and then right. never replace the card mm-hmm. draw um which is you know troublesome right um and i think uh it it kind of leads directly into why commander ends up being such a popular format especially for casual play because like you know like we've been talking about, maybe you don't have four copies of a card. Right. But for Commander, all you need is one. Yes. Um, which we will get to when we get back from our break. Let's throw it to our sponsor. Um, and then when we come back, we'll talk about how the four by nine can translate into building a Commander deck. Sounds good. This episode of Temple of False Pod is brought to you by Avatar of Hope. <laughs> For when you need a good 4-9 creature. Go with flying. Go with Avatar of Hope. Welcome back. Um, we've been talking about... Uh, talking about 4-9. Four copies of 9 cards is a great place to start structuring your deck. Now, what if I told you that... One of the most popular formats in Magic only allows you to play one copy of each card. Then let me introduce you to a brand new theory. All new. Something you've probably never even thought about. Let's talk about 9x7. 9x7? 9x7. That makes 63. That makes 63, which is roughly the number of cards in a, in a, in a commander deck that aren't lands. I think it's probably three too many. But, uh, as I continue my quest to convince everyone that 40 lands is the correct number of lands in your deck, 
However, for this theory, let's go with nine by seven. And the idea here, um, part, of, part of the reason I've transferred this over is uh, I've had more than one person say to me when they're building their commander deck that the idea of starting with that blank slate is just overwhelming. Oh, absolutely. Uh, just what do you do? Where you know the commander, the everything. It's just overwhelming, and they can't just can't get started because they're looking for a hundred different cards. And even when you figure take those 37, 37 lands away, right? You're still looking for sixty three cards, and no rhyme or reason to any of it you just need to come up with 63 and 63 sounds like a massive number of cards to figure out yeah so now you know you've got thirty thousand cards to look at yeah uh so most people start with their commander right so there you got you know 36 lands a commander you've got 64 63 ish Mm -hmm. other cards to work with 63 because it's yeah 36 and one great Okay. Um, now you've you've cut your deck or you've cut your selection down to let's say a third of that. You've got 10,000 cards to work with yeah. because of your commander identity right. alone. So congratulations. Now you only have to find 63 cards out of that 10,000. And you're still talking about a level of paralysis to even get started. Mm. So what 9 by 7 is going to do for you is it's going to say what exactly is it that you're trying to do? So, for example, let's choose let's choose a legend. Let's uh, let's choose a legend. Do you want a multicolor legend? Yes. All right. Let's go with uh, world famous Raf Capuchin. It's a two and white blue. It's flash flying. It says uh, you can play historic spells as though they had flash. It's a 3-3. Three, three, right. Okay. So you now have, you've got Raf Capuchin, and you have nine slots. Mm-hmm. What are your nine slots for Raf Capuchin? First off, Raf costs four, and he's a 3-3. Three, three. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're going to play your spells as though they had flash, you're going to want a lot of mana. Because the idea is you're going to wait till the end of the turn, but you have to be showing a lot of a lot of mana to begin with, so that people think that you're going to do more than just one thing. So you want some ramp. So one of your slots is going to be dedicated to ramp. Now you need another slot that's going to be that's going to involve removal, because every deck needs some level of removal, whether it's enchantment, artifact, creature, planeswalker, whatever. You're going to want a slot for removal. Now, every one of these slots is seven cards, but let's not worry about that for now. Because right now, you've got nine slots and you've already filled two of them. Now, this is going by easy. So you've got ramp, you've got removal. Well, if, you've got, if you're going to cast these cards at flash speed, you've got to have cards to cast. So let's draw some cards too. So now we've got three of your slots filled <laughs> because we've now got ramp, removal, and card draw. Bruce is just filling up all my slots. We're down. We're down, <laughs> we're down to four slots. Okay. Um, so the remaining four slots, what do you want to put in them? Four slots? Are we doing seven? Sorry, 
Are we doing seven copies of nine cards or nine copies? Oh, of sorry, one? yes. Okay, so we've got so six. We still slots have six slots. slots left, but we've now reduced it to only six six slots. So you're looking at Raf Capuchin. Uh, you can cast historic spells as though they had flash. Well, then you want to take advantage of that. You're going to want historic a, spells, right? You're going to want uh, historic spells. Well, how many slots of historic spells do you want? Yeah, because if every slot has seven. You're going to want more than just one slot of historic spells. Mm. So, which also is great too, because historic is generally a, a, a broad term, uh, right? You know, you, you already have, you almost definitely already have uh, historic spells in just your ramp, right? Um, historic, for those who don't know, include sagas, legendaries, and artifacts, right? Um, so, there well, you go. right, and. So once you've set up what your next six slots are, because now you're looking at, see, artifacts, legendaries, and sagas. Okay, well, assuming you're going to want creatures. Make them legendary. Well, <laughs> you're going to want legendary creatures or artifact creatures or enchantment creatures. Um, and when you start talking about, uh, you know, other ways to, to make, uh, then you're going to want a slot for protection because you're going to want to be able to cast these cards at flash speed, and you're not going to want Wrath getting blown out of the sky over and over again. Right. So that's a fourth slot filled. So now you're down to five slots, and what are you going to do with those five slots? Well, then you're going to start using, looking at what Wrath does and filling those slots based on that. Mm. Um, and you can, you know, maybe it's a slot for, for flying creatures. Maybe it's a slot for, uh, it depends on how where you want to take Raf Capuchin. I mean, you can be very generic and just look at those slots and say, we want to fill them with uh, with any kind of historic spell. Or maybe you want, uh, or maybe you've decided that Raf, because it's blue-white, maybe it should be loaded down with a lot of um, legendary flyers. Mm. So, okay. So that's a slot. Um, and then you're, and then once, so once you've got all of the slots filled, then you start going back down each of those slots and saying, how does this work? So Andy, like you were saying with ramp, the ramp slot is obviously, uh, you're not gonna be loading it up with uh, Smothering Tide. Right. Because it's an enchantment. It doesn't fit the theme of the deck at all. <laughs> Why would you do that when you can, when, when Soul Ring and Arcane Signet and- Azoria Signet. Azoria Signet. Key Runes. And... Exactly. And, so Beyond all of that. these fit the theme. Yeah. They can all come out at flash speed. And you've done all this. Now, if you add in Commander Sphere as one of your ramp spells, well, it also allows you to draw a card. So maybe you want to take that Commander Sphere out and put it into the card draw slot. Or maybe you don't, because we are <laughs> talking about white and blue. Right. Card draw shouldn't be something that's difficult to find. Um, but in your card draw slot, you're going to choose your your seven cards that go in that slot. They're gonna be seven different ones because it's commander. But, so I mean, you can see where this is going. Right. Uh, but it just, it gives you that structure to start. <clears throat> and then once you've finished building it, then you can look at it and say, does this really make sense? Do, you know, do I need to dedicate an entire slot to this? I would argue that you want to be very careful about removing cards from the slot to add something somewhere else. But once you get more comfortable with the deck, 
you can certainly do this. But this just gives you that basic structure to start with so that so that you're not missing glaring right glaring errors in your in your deck. I mean, I don't know how many times I built decks and then you know realize afterwards like you know, this deck would be so much better if I had just put in some card draw because <laughs> I have none. Or uh, depending on your meta or perhaps, you know, uh, I built this black deck with uh, um, with uh, Phyrexian Arena and other ways to draw cards, but they all make me lose life. Mm. And I'm losing life at much too high a pace and it turns out I didn't put anything in that gains me any life. Hmm. So... But these are these are things that get covered when, you know, when you're building and you're starting out with these nine slots. So you're not making these blatant errors. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, too, because since it is a singleton format, yeah. you, like, you know, previously we were talking about having four copies of each card. Now yeah. you got to, like, you got to search out these effects. Right. Um, you know, whether it's, like, we're talking about card draw, generic mm-hmm. idea. Or more specific to the commander, you know, historic. Right. Um, you know, you've got vehicles, you've got, like you yeah. said, legendary flyers, you've got legendary whatever. Um, and I think um, once you nail down what the commander does, it's going to fill X amount of slots. Right. And then there's also, like we were saying there's x amount of slots that are always going to be there generally right and once you have that nailed down um i think that that is where people generally lean more into the things like card draw the things that decks normally do card draw protection uh, ramping right and that ends up quote-unquote honing the deck um and generally making it a little more powerful is when you focus you take that four no not four seven by nine and turn it to i don't know like nine by three and whatever's left for the other like like people are focusing in more on the the general commander things um no pun intended uh and leaving aside to the things that the commander itself wants to do um which in turn makes up for a faster game for a more high-powered experience but you're letting go to the wayside like the the characteristics of the card um right and i think that uh you know what i usually end up doing is like i'm like oh man like this would be great if i had more card draw but also i've played this deck three times maybe i should play it a few more times before i start fiddling with it and i think that's a big thing that i mean i have trouble with i'm sure a lot of people have trouble with with being like oh like does this deck is this deck good is this deck xyz i'm gonna tinker with it and tinker Mm -hmm. with it and tinker with it and like sure like if you get you know there are plenty of people out there who play multiple times a week there are plenty of people out there who can only play every couple weeks and it's it's frustrating to have a deck sit there not be able to play it and then want to fiddle with it um but like if you stick to the seven by nine it's general it's going to be generally a good it's going to be playable it, yeah if and you're that's using, where you want to start right and if you're using seven by nine mm-hmm. and 
you have you you've allotted one one slot to ramp. Mm. So you've got seven ramp cards in your deck. Okay, so you know that you know if you just played a game and you got too much ramp. Well, just just look at the setup. You know you don't have too much ramp. You have exactly the amount of ramp that you wanted in the deck. It's not that it's too much or it's or it's not enough. The 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 theory allows you to stay on track. Maybe your ramp, maybe the ramp that you that you've chosen isn't good enough. Maybe it could be better. Maybe it could be more on theme. But you don't. It, it really forces you to look at it and say, if I'm adding something or removing something from one of these categories. Do I really need this to happen? Because it's one thing to swap cards in that same category. It's quite another thing to take them out of that category right. and go down to six or go up to eight. Because now you really have to say to yourself, is this really where this deck needs to be? And I'm not saying that it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, there are, you know, I have plenty of decks that have way more than nine pieces of ramp. And, you know, I would argue that a lot of times you do need more than. More, or more than, sorry, not nine, seven. More than seven pieces of ramp. But it's a good basis to start. And mm. it also means that when you do tinker, you overlay that nine by seven onto your tinkering. So that way you're not pulling out the, the, the I drew five pieces of card draw last turn and, and I needed this and this instead. <laughs> so I'm taking a, two pieces out. Well, the overlay says... That was just bad luck that round. Right. Right. So it, it forces you to, to to align into that. So I think that's where it kind of comes down to uh, how specific you are with these slots. Um, because there's a difference between, uh, you know, three visits and soul ring. Yeah. Um, you know, one is going to create you colored mana. The other one's going to create you colorless mana. But also on top of it, one is going to give you land the other one is going to give you an artifact right which is significantly different to deal with but also significantly different to play and each of them are going to run different oh will, absolutely will depend will the value of each of them depends on the theme of your deck as well yeah maybe maybe, th maybe three visits doesn't work with whatever theme that you're going with maybe soul ring doesn't work with whatever theme <laughs> you're going with i suggest you take a look and be sure that you really yeah. <laughs> that you really want to drop Soul Ring, but I think it, yeah, you, you get what I'm saying. Um, and I think too, with being more granular with what the slots are, you kind of look back at your commanders, seeing what they want to do, yeah, and get to do very specific, very fun things with the theming. Uh, right. You get to you get to look at these, for instance, uh, you, with. With Raph, you get to flash in a card like Traxos, Scourge right. of Krug. It's a four mana seven seven that comes in tapped and only untaps if you play historic spells. So then that furthers the historic theme. Yeah, it uh, does this thing where you get to flash in a seven seven at the end of somebody's turn, um, which you don't generally get to do. Um, and and playing with what the deck wants to do rather than what you think you should be doing um lends itself more towards this this seven by nine because uh if you're looking at those nine slots as these very granular things of like all right like not only is this creatures general creatures it's big creatures that have this huge impact 
Um, right, and that's that's where seven by nine kicks right. in. Right, like you saw Traxos and thought, okay, this is perfect. This is awesome. Great, but that's one of the seven in that slot. So now you got to come up with six others. Well, what is it about Traxos that makes it so appealing in the slot? Is it that if the fact that it references other artifacts, or is it the fact that it's a big artifact beater? Mm. So I mean, and if the artifact beater is what you're looking for, well then you know you can cho- choose your choose your large your large artifact or legendary creature that would go into that slot to fill that slot. So that way you get that effect much more regularly in your games as opposed to that miracle moment when you actually pull the one Traxos out of a hundred cards <laughs> and get to play it with Raph and make that happen. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and yeah. again, with Traxos, it fills multiple roles. It's a, it's a big creature, it's an artifact, it's a legendary. And like, mm-hmm. those finding those things that, that fit different slots is is always a nice thing. Right. It's it's It makes the deck building interesting rather than just like, all right, I've got this package of, you know, 23 cards that uh, yeah. are my ramp and it's it's going to be the same throughout these colors regardless right. of what commander I play. Yeah. Um, which is why I find five color commanders so boring. Uh, <laughs> well, but... Um, so... When I've talked to people about this idea, mm-hmm. whether it's nine by seven for commander or nine by four for sixty card, um, quite often the response that I get is, "You're taking the life, the fun out of the deck building experience. That you've that you're you're turning it into this uh, equation, into this equation exactly yeah. this equation that sucks the um, personality. Well, it wasn't even the personality. It sucks the the um, well, I guess personality is the best way. Is probably a great way to put it. Um, that takes the personality out of it. Mm-hmm. And my response is, no, not at all. All this does is it puts a level of structure, right? Overlay. When you get th- when you start going back through this, like when you realize, okay, so I mean, practically speaking, virtually every deck is going to have map, uh, ramp, card draw, and some and removal. Mm-hmm. Okay, now those are not going to be the same seven cards for every single deck. You're going to choose the, the seven cards in there based on your commander, based on the, deck, the, the theme of the deck, what you want to do. What if, you have. <laughs> and what you have. Um, so th- those, those slots, which stay the same in virtually every deck you build, are dramatically different in every deck. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the other slots that are either around, you know, center around your commander or just around the whole deck theme that you've come up with. Those are all original and to you. All I'm doing is saying, hey, don't forget, if you really want this to happen, you really want to dedicate a slot to that, to make that happen. And I, I, I think, yeah, what it kind of comes down to is like, like we're not, we're not trying to build optimal decks. I don't think that you know, having structure in a deck makes it makes it any more or less optimal. But I think it it lets you play the deck. I think it, it lets you do, like do anything. Honestly, like if you if you really lean into your theme, something's got to give. Um, and 
eventually if you lean too far into your theme then you're gonna end up not being able to do the things you want to do uh, unless everybody just leaves you alone forever right um, nine by seven does not optimize your deck it opens up the opportunities for fun right um and I, I, I think that these are all great points. And I think that next week uh, we should discuss, you know, uh, once you have your deck, once you've played it a few times, you're going to realize that your deck does certain things better than others. Or, you know, it does things that you don't want it to do or it doesn't do right. things you want it to do. So next week we're going to talk about, uh, you know, replacements. Uh, taking things out, putting things in. Uh, Upgrades. Tune-ups. Yes, thank you. Uh, the the old in and out, right? Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, my computer's slowly blowing up, so we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Um, yeah, thanks so much for listening. We're Temple of Falsebud, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. I'm John. Hey, hey. Uh, hey, hey. Let's play some magic. <laughs> We're going to go play some magic. Thank you so, again so much for listening. Uh, have a great night. May your fifth land be the temple. Bye. Wait, wait. Before you go, I uh, just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtg. Bruce is at Mana Burned, and I'm at Andy Weekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, like a video there. Leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!